0: Would you join me as we pray together again briefly and ask for the Lord's help? Father God, thanks for your word. As we together as a church now look at the letter to the Ephesians, we pray, Lord, that it would be helpful for each of us. You speak to us here. Help us have ears to listen. Change our hearts and our minds and our lives by what we read. Empower me to preach it faithfully, clearly, lovingly, helpfully. And Lord, we pray that you might... Help us all to be attentive, old and young, for the glory and praise of your name. Amen. Please keep your Bibles open at Ephesians chapter 1 as we look at that now. Stuart was broken and his world was broken and he was sure that there was no way he could put it back together again. He would graduated from university with honours, was heading to the top of his field and firm, when he began to have troubling symptoms and worsening fatigue. Soon he struggled to get even out of bed. Uh, He was embarrassed that he just couldn't cope with life. After extended sick leave, Stuart quit his job. A church gave him the only reason to leave the house. Soon the discouragement and the anxiety made it too hard to concentrate He stopped going to church, going to small group and answering people's calls. In his despondency, he found it nearly impossible to say anything positive to himself. I don't know what you're facing at the moment. Maybe you're finding things difficult too. Maybe God doesn't seem to be answering your prayers about your relationship or your work situation or your health and you still struggle. Maybe, like Stuart, you've started to ask, How could a loving God let this happen? Where were all God's promises? Why doesn't He answer my prayers? Why is everyone else blessed when I get cursed? Why doesn't God use His power to help me? Stuart quit believing that God is good. Maybe you too know what it's like to find things difficult, to be discouraged and to doubt God's goodness. So I pray that God's word will help you uh, to want to or to remember all the blessings that you have in Christ and be able to praise God for them. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Christians, the church in Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. He writes from imprisonment in about AD 60. About six years earlier, Acts chapter 19 tells us that he'd spent over two years there preaching the gospel. And now he writes this letter to teach and to encourage them in their following Jesus. And I pray that it will teach and encourage us all in our following Jesus over the coming months. I'm not going to have time to cover everything in verses 1 to 14, but we're going to look at the blessings mentioned under four headings. Past, Present, plans, and the purpose are so four P's. Now let's look at verse three. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. A blessing speaks of, speaks of giving favour, benefits, good things to certain people. Uh, these blessings are in the heavenly realms. The heavenly places, they speak of what is spiritually true. Do you notice that it says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing? And so every spiritual blessing is already ours. Not that we can see it. Not that we can feel it. Or that we've really, not that we've even come to experience them all fully yet. Still, every good thing that we receive as Christians comes through God's saving work in Christ, and it comes because we are in him. The phrase in Christ or in him, it occurs 12 times in 14 verses. It's the key to understanding the passage. Being in Christ is where we have every spiritual blessing. Everything in the Christian life, from from beginning to end, is received in Christ. So if you don't have Christ, you don't have every spiritual blessing. In verse 1, Paul's writing to the faithful in Christ Jesus that they are believers in Jesus Christ, people who trust in him. But even more so, it's saying that they've been brought into fellowship with him, into relationship with Jesus, relationship with him, And so what it also means is that we're incorporated into Christ, into Jesus, like this wall behind me is part of this building, the church building here. Or it's like you're a finger, a finger that's part of the body, joined to the head, Jesus Christ. This union with Christ, this being in Christ, it occurs through faith in him and by the Holy Spirit. Paul then outlines some of the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. Our first P is the past blessings. Verse 4 says we were chosen before the creation or foundation of the world in Christ. One writer John MacArthur he says "From from the beginning in timelessness in eternity past we were united with Christ in the mind of God. Before God created the universe, he put us and Christ together in his mind. Before we existed, it means God decided to save us. It's amazing. Verse 5 says that he predestined us. And that means exactly that. God predetermined us and decided beforehand who he would save. Not because you or I are better than so-and-so. It's not because of who we are or what we've done. It was simply his pleasure and will. It's like all of sinful humanity, all of us, are heading down to hell on an escalator, heading on an escalator to hell, and God chooses to pluck out and save some. He plucks out and saves some. He moves us to trust him and it is amazing grace. Never deserved it. All because of his love and grace. Verse 11 elaborates it was simply about him fulfilling his plan, his will. I know some of you will have difficulty with this and I ask you to please get in touch to, uh, and we can talk about this but Please see here in this passage the doctrine of election, that God chooses some. It's it's meant to blow us away, make us feel blessed. It's meant to make us praise him because God has given us a salvation that we've never deserved and we could never achieve. What a great God we have. Second P is the present Blessings we have in Christ. Verse 5, we were predestined for adoption to sonship through Jesus. So being predestined, God's worked in our hearts to enable us to repent and believe the gospel. And when we do that, one blessing we receive now is adoption. Adoption as sons, the passage says. Now, just as male believers are part of the bride of Christ, so too female believers are adopted as sons, counted as sons. Roman adoption at that time in the first century was for the sole purpose of obtaining an heir. And apparently nine Caesars were adopted sons. And being adopted as a child of God and an heir of God's promises, it is a present blessing. Verse 7, we see a further present blessing. In Christ we have redemption, and it's through Christ's own blood. Kids, kids, listen for a moment, please. If a friend of you, friend of yours, gives you a gift card to a fun place like Time Zone, you can take and redeem that card and buy or purchase stuff there. But Jesus doesn't just purchase us for God with a card or a few dollars. It's with his life. He he redeems us with the ransom of his life. And he doesn't just give us fun for an hour. He, He gives us freedom forever. He frees us from sin and judgment and death by dying for us. That is a blessing. And in in being freed, we're also forgiven. Forgiveness is another blessing we have now. Our sin, through trusting in Jesus, will not now and not ever be counted against us. And so Jesus has freed us from the chains, the shackles that bound us to sin and to Satan and to death. Jesus has freed you and one forgiveness for you if your trust is in him? Have you trusted in Jesus to experience these blessings? And when we think about blessings, I don't mean the the wealth that we can lose, or the health that won't last, or the happiness that's soon gone or the loved ones who can let us down. What what Jesus gives us is spiritual blessings that we will never lose. And why has God done this? Verse 7 tells us it's because of the riches of his grace. Remember, grace is getting something great that we never deserved. Grace is being given a free gift, a wonderful gift that's free. Like in verse 9, we're saved according to his good pleasure. It's according to his kind plans. And and God has lavished his grace on us. Uh, My in-laws are lovers of cream. So when eating a dessert, uh, you'll need a large bowl of cream to go with it give them a pavlova and they'll want to cover it, lavish it with cream. For me, if you serve me a sticky date pudding, I will want to lavish it with butterscotch sauce. God lavishes us with his grace, saving us when we were sinners. How great is that? How great is that? Take a moment to think about that. But here comes another blessing. When we hear the word of truth, verse 13, the gospel, and when we believe it, what happens? We're not only adopted and forgiven and redeemed, we are sealed or marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, we receive the Holy Spirit. And verse 30 is saying everyone who believes the gospel is given the Holy Spirit, not just the super spiritual people, not just those who speak in tongues, all Christians. So if you've trusted in Jesus, you are God's child and he's gotten inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. And whether you feel it or not, he lives in you. And you are never alone. Believe that. And yet the point of verse 13 is that those who have believed the gospel are given the Spirit as a a deposit, a guarantee, a confirmation that they will receive something else, an inheritance. Having the Spirit is a sure guarantee of your heavenly inheritance. And this is the third P, the planned blessings or the the future blessings. Having the Holy Spirit within us is a present blessing. But more importantly, it's a guarantee of a future blessing. The believer in Jesus and child of God is going to heaven. And it's even more certain than the Bombers winning the grand final next year. As the English Standard Version says in verse 14, you will acquire the possession of it. Heaven and the final redemption of our bodies is our final destiny. And for this will happen, verse 11, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. And God's will is not only that we, his children, will be with him in heaven. It's bigger than that. Verse 10, look at verse 10. God plans to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ or to unite all things under him or in him. This this is saying that all things will be brought under the lordship of Jesus Christ no more rebellion, no more disorder or disobedience. God's eternal plans have always centred around Christ and the time will come when all things seen and unseen will be made subject to him. The rule of King Jesus will be fully established over all things. So again I ask How great is He? The day of judgment, the consummation of God's kingdom, will be a day of terror for all who've rebelled against and ignored God. But for us, His children, it will be a blessing. No more sin, no more sickness and sadness. No more abuse, distress, loneliness. All will be well. All will be right in the new creation because of Jesus. So many of us are facing hardships right now. And maybe you're struggling with this being Mother's Day and your missing loved ones for many of us though it's not our thinking that drives our choices it's our feelings so often we don't feel god's presence so often we don't feel blessed we we don't see and sense physical and material blessings and so we struggle Come back to Stewart, who I shared about at the start. His unnamed story is found in Paul Tripp's book, Suffering, Gospel Hope When Life Doesn't Make Sense. I really recommend it. And to suffering, discouraged and doubting people, Tripp says this. There is no more powerful tool against debilitating doubt than gratitude. It is exactly at the point when you are tempted to think that you are not blessed that counting your blessings is most important. A thankful heart is the best defense against a doubting heart. Recounting evidences of God's presence, His grace, His faithfulness to His promises, His provision, and the reliability of what is told you in His word reminds you of God's goodness. And because it does, it protects you against the lies that tempt you to judge him as less than good. No matter how difficult and long-term your suffering has been, there are blessings to be found. As the great hymn says, count your blessings and name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Later on, Tripp says, the way to defeat the dangerous potential of complaint is not by silence, but by praise. The more you commit yourself to counting your blessings, the more you will have eyes to see specific blessings in your life. The more you require yourself to rehearse the many gifts God has given you in the past, the more you will have eyes to recognise his gifts in the present. Pray that God would give you eyes to see the evidences of his presence, power, love, provision in your life right here, right now. Take time to think through all the good things you have in the midst of the hard things. Get a journal. Every day write down things for which you can be thankful and which you could never produce on your own. Tripp says, I have learned that no matter how hard a day is, there are beautiful things in that day that I should be thankful for. And there are reasons to celebrate the love of the one who gives them to me." End quote. Coming back to the passage in verses 3 to 14 the verses 3 to 14 in the original greek are one long sentence paul must be good at holding his breath really verses 3 to 14 are an outburst of adoration one writer compares it to a snowball tumbling down a hill picking up volume as it descends or a long-winded racehorse careering on at full speed. It's a rich and inspiring passage of praise to God, isn't it? And so coming to our final P, the purpose. Why have we been blessed? For what purpose? Look firstly at verse 4. He chose us in Christ before creation, to be holy and blameless in his sight. God chose us and saved us to be holy. Like the Ephesians in verse 1, if you've trusted in Jesus, you too are a saint, a holy one, because you've been brought near to God and set apart for him. But we've been set apart to live for him. And so when we make godly choices, when we say yes to serving others and no to selfishness and sin, when we love like he loves, we display holiness and God is glorified. And studying this book together will help us do that. But there's more. Look at how the section started in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been chosen, redeemed, forgiven, adopted through Jesus. And in verse 6, it is to the praise of his glorious grace. And look at verse 12, for the praise of his glory. Verse 14, to the praise of his glory. And so all that I've said, all that Paul has said, All the blessings you and I have received and ever will are for God's glory, for the praise of his glory. God's will is to bless us for his glory. Glory is about the honour that's due God. It describes the recognition, the acclaim due to him. It describes who he is. It describes his majesty, his righteousness, his greatness, his grace. It's about everyone, everyone knowing who he is and what he's like, what he's done. And God gets the glory when we praise him for his greatness and his grace and all the blessings he's lavished on us. And so the right response to what we've considered this morning is praising God in singing, praising and thanking him in our prayers, praising him, thanking him before others. How are you going at that? Do you ever do that? Sing, pray thanks. Thank God before others. Are you a person who praises God? Do you acknowledge and thank and praise God with, with your lips, from your hearts, and with your life, with a life lived for Him? Are you thankful to God for the blessings you have in Christ? Do you tell God every day how thankful you are? I ask have you really understood? That all of your life, from beginning to end and everything in the middle, it's all about glorifying God. Are you seeking His glory in your life, in the way you serve, in your work? Are you seeking His glory in your marriage, in your parenting? In schooling, singleness, suffering. Are you seeking his glory? And we will glorify and praise God in whatever we're doing and whatever we're facing when we remember we are blessed. I've loved listening recently to the song by Hillsong, Who You Say I Am. It goes, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last is ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. From Ephesians chapter 1, if we've trusted in Christ, then who am I? I'm chosen, forgiven, set free. I'm an adopted child of God who has the Holy Spirit and is destined for heaven, all because I am in Christ. And praise God for it. Praise God in your words. Praise God in your life. And so whatever you are facing at the moment, whatever you will face this week, brothers and sisters, remember you are blessed. Let's pray. Father God, we admit that often we do doubt. We get discouraged. Sometimes we are in despair. Sometimes we doubt your promises. We doubt your goodness. We don't feel your presence with us often. We can't see with our eyes the blessings that we read of here. So, Lord, we pray that we'd believe your word. For any listening right now, we pray, Lord, who do not know and haven't experienced and received these blessings, we pray, Lord, they would trust and rely, trust in and rely on Jesus to get them. Because you offer them to all who come to Jesus by your grace. For each one of us today, Lord, we r- remind us, of all of us who are your children, yours by faith, Lord, we pray that you would remind us that we are blessed. We have blessings in the past, blessings that we have now, blessings to come. They're all ours in Christ. Never earned, never deserved. But you've given them to us and lavished us with your grace. Help us to live lives that show we're thankful this week. Show we're thankful even when life's hard. Help us by your spirit to live to your praise and glory. Amen.